Hey, how are we all? I'm going to be surprised if any of you show up because I'm doing this on the spur of the moment, but this is my first live podcast. So I thought it would be fun to see how this live works. And if anybody happens to join in, that'd be great. I don't know how to record this. Unfortunately, it's not going to be recorded, which really sucks, but that's all right. Let's see. Custom emojis. I don't want those. So far, I don't see anybody joining. I've only been on for half a minute, though. I'm going to uh, try to get used to this live stream so that I can share a lot of good information with you live on what happens, on what I'm currently researching, on what I'm doing. And so I've got to learn how to record this also. I don't see where I can record. That says manage. You don't have access to that feature. I don't have access to that feature. So if anybody's out there, say hi to me on the chat. I will be real interested to see if anyone's out there. Okay, I just muted myself and now I'm back. So let me see if I can record this. Send feedback. I don't see any feedback. Hey, Gene Robbins, how are you? TM, hello, holy cow, everybody's coming in. Melanie Hansen, good to see you. Deborah, boy, this, sorry, my eyes are getting old. Delta Cox, how you doing? Dietra, I'm sorry. Forgive me if I mispronounce all your names. I was just saying, I only got on two minutes ago. This is my first live broadcast. And unfortunately, I don't know how to record this stupid thing, which is stupid. But I'm in the process of learning. So, oh, Mark Crispin. Hello, my dear friend. James Conger, how you doing? All right. Well, gosh, there's more people live than I expected. Uh, I just talked to Bill Real just a week ago or so, and I asked him, I said, how do you guys do that Mormonism live stuff? I want to do some live. <laughs> I said, just hit the button and start talking, dude. So here we are live. Woohoo! Sunday night. I got to find out how to record these, though. That really makes me mad that I can't record do any of you guys know how to record live? I'll have to ask Bill. Boy, I'm showing off my great fund of ignorance, aren't I? Hey, what I want to do with these live streams, I'm going to, uh, I'll share uh, current information that I'm working on, uh, different books that I'm reading and what I'm thinking of books and all that. And then I can let you guys ask questions and I'll try to find some uh, ways to answer your questions or whatever. Angela. Oh, oh, it notifies you. I did not know that it notified. Well, now that's cool. I'm going to find a way to set up uh, a regular live feature, maybe once an hour. <laughs> no, that'd, that'd bore y'all to death. Maybe once a week or so and see, call it Backyard Professor Live or something like that. Gam Gam X3. Hey, how are you? Mark, great. <laughs> it's good to see you back alive, too. Have I said hi to everybody? Yeah, yeah. All right. It says it says there's uh 
17 people watching. You've given me three likes. Thank you. You know, I don't even know if I have to wear these. I can't hear anything. So maybe I shouldn't have to. I don't know if that changes uh, your ability to hear me or not. Does it change your ability to hear me? I don't think it does. <laughs> I may as well just leave those off. I look like a flipping space alien as, as it is, right? How long was I a Freemason, Mark? Let's see. Uh, uh, I think I was fairly active for about three years, and then I kind of waned. My nephew got in, got me involved with it, and uh, it was fun. It was very interesting. I, I don't like I've said before. I don't. I didn't quit because I got disgruntled or I hate any of them, or or I didn't like their stuff. I just. I got so busy with other materials and other things to do that I just, I had to let something go for now. I'm still a Freemason so far as I know, but I just haven't actively pursued it. Uh, I did get to know Arturo de Hoyos really good, and I've got several of his books. And his books are sensational. Hello, Angela. Hello. Who else has shown up? Angela Gam Gam. Nope, nope. No, it doesn't. Nope. No, it doesn't. No affect the sound. You can hear me. Thanks, sir. You bet, Mark. If you can hear me, say yes. I mean, obviously, you should be able to. I don't see why these would change any of that. Oh, if it automatically records, that'd be excellent. Thanks, Purple Slurple. <laughs> I love your handle. Purple Slurple. Yeah, baby. That's power right there. I mean, you can envision the delicious drink called Purple Slurple, can't you? <laughs> energy drink. Yeah, as if I need more energy. Holy shish kebab. Uh, okay, you hear me well. Okay, thank you, Mark. And here you're just fine. Thank you, TM. If I get too loud, let me know. Sometimes I get rambunctious, as you know by now. And no, I don't know where my energy comes from. Probably too much sugar. Uh, I'm just, I'm technically an enthusiastic sort of guy that loves to learn. And my wife said, it's just incredible. I can sit in front of a camera and just start talking like you're right here with me. And she says it's a gift. And so she bought me a movie camera a video camera, and I started making Backyard Professor videos. So here we are. Hello, Dad. Hello, Adolf. How are you? <laughs> Smart Alec. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I'm I'm having fun. It's Sunday night. What time is it, you guys? Oh, here at 7 o'clock, Sunday night. So, I mean... It's uh, on Sunday nights. I don't, I don't know if Sunday nights are good for you or not. I like to hold off Wednesday nights for Mormonism Live. Bill and, and uh, Radio Free Mormon, they're a lot of fun. And I, I hope I get to see a lot of you guys in there too. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know of anything going on on Sunday nights. That might be a good night for me to do some live sessions. Uh, the shtick is I have to, I probably have to be pretty steady and regular, don't I? I Otherwise, I'll lose all your guys' interest and you'll say, yeah, that idiot doesn't know when to show up. And <laughs> the problem is you would be right. This idiot doesn't know when to show up. This is cool. This is my first live. I've never done this before. All right. We are your welcome here. Hello, Dad. How many books you have there at home? Uh, 
I believe I've got, oh, I mean, between my lexicons, my science, my atheist stuff, and my mystical stuff, and my chess, my Jesus materials, and my Mormon stuff, and my philosophy, my biology, my supernatural, my New Testament commentary, my, uh, I, I truly, I probably have uh, six, 7,000 books, something like that. So, and it, I've been, I've been buying books most of my adult life. Uh, I do, I'm not going to lie to you. If I can get them used in a bookstore, I go that route. Uh, I do buy new books, but usually if I see a, a new book that I really like, uh, they always come out with hardcover, right? They charge you, man, the hardcovers now are like 69 stinking bucks. <laughs> yeah, what do I look like, a rich guy? Holy cow. So I will wait for the paperback. But if I can buy it used for $8, I mean, I'll buy it. I don't even care if the cover's gone or if pages are folded over. What I do is I index all my own books. And I mean that literally. What I mean is, well, I'll show you here. Hold on. I just happen to have a book right here. This one is by uh, Margaret Barker, a good scholar, a good New Testament scholar, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. No book index is worth spit. Unfortunately, I wish it was. So what I do is I create my own index. And when I find a subject I really like and find useful, I can write out the entire sentence and then describe what page it's on. And then if there's other books that I can refer to in, in this particular spot, if I find another book has some information on Moses that she didn't, then I will write in the margin that other book. And so what I do is I basically cross-reference my entire library. And then if I need to look up a subject or whatever, I don't have to reread all my books or whatever. I find a book and start looking if I'm looking for the ascension of Enoch or if I'm looking for something with physics, black holes or something with, uh, uh, I especially love doing this with my uh, dictionaries and lexicons. Because philology is really important. Language is important, especially when you start getting off into the Greek and the Hebrew and all that jazz. So anyway, um, yeah, it's a lot of fun to to read and study. I try to, you know, I, I, I haven't specialized in anything. So I really don't know a lot. I come across like I know a lot, but I, I really don't know a lot, but I know a little bit about a lot across the spectrum, right? So I'll study the Gnostics and the New Testament and the Old Testament and the Dead Sea Scrolls. And then with this mysteries kick I'm on right now, I do, uh, oh, I do, I study the the Eleusinian mysteries, those were a lot of fun. And then the Kabiroi, the Attic mysteries, the Isis mysteries are interesting. The Mithras mystery is the big one. Hey, tomorrow, by the way, tomorrow, Monday, 1 p.m. my time, mountain time, or 3 p.m. Eastern time in the United States, uh, I'm going to be on a myth 
Vision podcast with Derek Lambert. And we're going to talk about Mithraism. I'd love to see all you guys there. That would be cool. Here I am talking away and you guys are typing. Okay, Sunday at 9 o'clock in Ontario. Eight. All right. Hey, McJet, how you doing? Wow, damn impressive. Well, not really. I'm more of a motor mouth than anything, but uh, I, I, I'm, I'm very blessed. I have a, a really good library, and for whatever reason, my mom and dad were a good combination to give me half a decent brain, and I've just been intelligent enough to do a lot of reading. Oh, you like Sunday nights, Gam Gam? Okay, good, good. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm with you, Mark. I get the paperback as much as I can, too. Absolutely. Yeah, the paperback's the way to go. I, I especially like it when I can talk people into just giving me their old copies because they've read them and they don't like them anymore. <laughs> I've got, hey, I'm serious. I've gotten a few books that way. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Patty. <laughs> yeah, after reading The Miracle of Forgiveness, I would be scared of books, too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Uh, but don't be. No, there's much better books than The Miracle of Forgiveness, I promise. Don't let that be your judge of books. <laughs> I promise you'll do well if you find other books. Uh, start reading some of... Uh... Hey, I'm, you know, for what it's worth, I really like Alan Watts. I do. The guy is fun. He's funny. He's informative. He's down to earth. He's real easy to understand. And yet he is deeply profound, right? He's really impressive, him. And and I do have a bias for uh, uh, Joseph Campbell and Marseille Iliata. I, I do. I'm, just, I'm not even going to hesitate to say that. Um, I'll be honest with you. And I'm not saying this because I think they have the last word either, but I like Graham Hancock's stuff, some of his stuff. Uh, some of his stuff, he he does some real fun uh, detective work investigation. Then Brian Murescu is one of my new favorites. And Carl Ruck, oh my gosh, Carl Ruck is animal, man. He is spectacular. Yeah, my index work, Mark between books and in books and all that. Yeah, I completely, I go through entire books and I redo the whole index. And what I do instead of the code word is I do the entire sentence of what that particular part is. And then I put a star in the margin. It works real good for me. And then if, if when uh, the UU church asks me to give a sermon or something like that, I can just pick up one book open it up to the index, see if there's a subject that's interesting, start looking through the subject, and I've got six or seven other references. Bam, I'm ready at a moment's notice. It doesn't It doesn't take me 10 minutes to prepare an hour-long sermon. Of course, I've been doing this for like 20 years now, but yeah, I've done that with the majority of my books. So It makes it tough to resell them, though, <laughs> if I want to trade them in for something else, you know. Uh, oh, well, thank you, Jacob Hoffelman. I love all you guys, too. I'm serious. You guys are the best audience. I'll try to recognize all of it. Boy, this chat is so small. Is there a way I can make this thing bigger? Size-wise? Doesn't look like it. Gadzooks. Okay, hold on. Boy, I'm giving, I'm giving my age away, right? I just had a birthday just a couple days ago, January 12th. So I am 61 from the neck down and I'm 29 and holding from the neck up or 18 or 
<laughs> whatever you want to say. So, hey, Prof. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, Angela. Kodiak. Yes. Can you explain what those mysteries are? I've never heard of what you're talking about if you have time. I, I will, uh, Angela. I really will. In fact, I'll talk about it a little bit here in, in a few minutes. Uh, remind me. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to make whole slews of videos on the details of the mysteries. I promise. That, that's kind of why. And I know it seems like I'm being overly generic, right? And I apologize about that. But uh, you kind of got to. This is one of those subjects where you can't just jump in. You kind of have to build it along, so to speak. Otherwise, whoosh, people get lost. I mean, I still get lost in a lot of it. But yes, I, I will be happy to, Angela. Thank you for asking me. I'm, I'm serious. I will. Ruth. <laughs> Ruth Smart, the miracle of unforgiveness. Yeah, right. Hey, you know what they say, you guys? Uh the, the problem with the problem with church, the problem with religion is they keep harping on you on your sins, right? But, well, I mean, you, you've got to confess your sins. You've got, you've got to leave your sins behind. You, you've got to stop your damn sinning. Sinners repent. If they cause you to focus all the time on sinning, what does that make you? sinners, right? So the key, I, I, this is so simple, you might not believe it, but it's true. The key is quit thinking about all your stupid sins. Quit worrying about the definition of sin. Quit thinking, oh my gosh, if I do this or if I do that, is it going to be a sin? Uh, that will just stifle you from making decisions and moving forward. Does that make sense? So the, this this whole theme of, of repent of your sins, you've got to confess your sins. You have to show remorse. You have to keep coming back in and doing checkups every week to make sure you're overcome. No, that's just control. They will keep you in that rut and none of it's necessary. Focus on your strengths. Focus on the own goodness in your hearts. Focus on your on your skills, on your on your talents. Focus on what you love to do. And I I don't give a fly and flip if it's skateboarding or playing with a yo-yo or guzzling down diet coke like I do while you're reading a book. Focus on whatever is good, and the sin just kind of goes away. It's the craziest dang thing I've ever discovered. Really true. I got that from a mystic book. Uh, was it Eckhart? Any, anyway, one of those guys, I was just reading it here a couple of years ago. I was actually just browsing the book and I run across that and I go, oh my gosh, that is profound. I've actually been intending to do a video on that, but I haven't. And maybe sometime I will. So what the heck? I saw he was a church apologist on the documentary. That, oh, Anthony, yeah. Hey, I found some of my old apologetics videos, you guys. I'm going to refute myself. <laughs> the old BY, BYP professor correcting the young apologist backyard professor. I'm looking forward to making those. Yeah, I found a whole bunch of old ones. That, that'll be fun to do. 
Do you think, TM says, do you think there will come a time when people will give up on the second coming? Uh, probably not. No. Um, like after 200 more years, will they just give up? Any hypothesis, anyone as well? I, I, I don't think they will. Um, there are some people, it appears to me, and, and this is not a criticism. It's not, it's not to find fault with this, but there are some people who need that kind of, um, what, what would you call it? Kick in the butt incentive to be better. And, and if that is what they need for now as a crutch to help, what would you say? Propel them to being better. Great. Let it happen. Right. Um, that's probably on the optimistic end, but sure. Oh, 31 people watching. There's that many people that want to watch me mouth away. Have you studied Wiccan at all? Uh, no, but yes, I will. I, I too find it uh, interesting. I've got a friend who's Wiccan, but, but I, I haven't. I know, Mike. Oh, my heck, a live session. This is my first one. I thought I'd give it a try to see if anybody showed up and here all you guys are. I mean, don't you have anything better to do on a Sunday night? <laughs> I mean, you watch me blab and yammer like crazy on my videos for Pete's sake. Don't tell me you want more of this. <laughs> Miracle of forgiveness tells you that if you're sin, it will be a miracle. Take a miracle for I know, James. I I was never look, I was never impressed by a miracle of forgiveness. I, I apologize to Spencer W. Kimball up there in the sky or down there in the ground, whenever your resurrection is gonna be. But I I just I did not find that book all that good. <sighs> True confession. <laughs> My dad, you know, he was he was pretty cotton-picking Mormon. And his library was all of the all of the Mormon leaders, Mormon authors, and all that jazz. And I just so much more enjoyed Legrand Richards, Israel Do You Know, and a marvelous work in the wonder. I mean, come on, I was a teenager then, right? And so it was preparing me for my mission. So I loved I love Legrand Richards. Talmadge was a little deep. Um, I, I read through some of his articles of faith. His book Jesus the Christ I didn't wop until my mission. But uh, yeah, Legrand Richards was far better than Spencer W. Kimball's books. And, and actually, because I did, I, I think it was a bishop's assignment. <laughs> That I mean, it wasn't at all, really. You've got to read Spencer W. Kimball, Miracle of Forgiveness or whatever. Well, after I read that, I, I never looked up another Spencer W. Kimball book. It just killed it for me, right? Didn't it do that for you guys? It did for me. Well, thank you for the birthday wish. Thank you. Uh, happy birthday. Gam, gam. Yeah, okay. We're close to the same age. Awesome. Jamie J. Hey, how are you? I'll try to call you guys out as I can. Good to see you. Thanks for coming over. No, don't worry about you can't stay too long. Um, I'm going to try to do more live sessions. So I'll work out a, a specific time. I had no idea this thing informed you when someone was going live. This is great. 30 of us all together. How fun. This is terrific. So perhaps. 
Uh, Sunday nights might work out for now. You know, it's not like any of you are in church. <laughs> you better not be, or you're in the wrong church. <laughs> Boy, if they hold church this late, holy shish kebab. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Angela. Yep, Bruce Smart, Trevor. Trevor Haugen, thank you so much. I love sharing my content. And I've got, I, I know I you hear this from me every video. I apologize, but you guys, I mean, I've got six to six, yeah, 6,000 books might be pushing it, but I have a lot of crap to share. And a lot of it's good crap. <laughs> so I don't take myself too seriously, but I do the the subjects that I really love, I take those pretty seriously. It's fun to, man, it's fun to do a deep dive, right? I mean, those of you guys who, who were active Mormon or who used to be Mormon, you're, you're Mormon, no more and all, you know, you know what I'm talking about. There's no deep dive in the church and that is what they're missing. And so the fun of getting into these scholars, not that I understand them, but the fun is they at least give you a little bit different context and a little bit different point of view, right? And you go, oh, hey, I never looked at Matthew eleven thirteen like that before. Because everybody in the church Mormonizes the scripture like crazy, right? So it's really cool for me to either get a, a, a science uh, interpretation or or a, a biblical New Testament interpretation, or to read the Greek itself, man, that really adds, that really adds. And then, of course, you add, sorry, excuse me, I'm burping. I just had a delicious dinner. When you add uh, archaeology or linguistics or philology, whatever you add to it, then it really makes it much more interesting. Instead of just that same cotton-picking, Mormonized, literalized view. I mean, is it any wonder nobody looks at the Bible anymore? I mean, is it any wonder atheists throws up seriously? There's no question in my mind why, because of the idiot Christians and Mormons who completely abuse the Scripture. Now, Having said that, I'm not saying I believe all the scriptures are true, but I'm not saying they're all phony either. Even if there is some man-made stuff up, that's good. That's all right. Because man is inspired also. Kind of a humanistic view, right? Sort of. Yeah, I, I love being outdoors too. I really do. I'm going to scroll back up here real quick because I don't want to miss any of you guys in your comments, although I probably will. Uh, I don't mean to. Um, let's see. Happy. Well, thanks, Esme Jitters. That's very kind. Uh, let's see. Trevor, I love your content, man. I love you guys too. Spaces, feliz cumpleaños. I don't even know if I pronounced that right. I probably didn't. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Patty Cake. The greatest sin is to focus on how many sins you have. Well said. True. Oh, Philastus Hurlbut, I read your book last week. Uh, oh, I did not mention Marcus Borg. Shame on me. 
Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll have to do another video and repent, won't I? Yeah, Marcus Borg's pretty good stuff. And then Zanny Banani. I love that. Zanny Banani. Just heading off to bed. All right. Congrats on the first live stream. Thanks, Zanny. I'll, I'll do more of these. These are fun, man. These are cool. I had uh, no idea that it would notify so many of you guys. So, Tim Rathbone. I am not worthy. Good to see you, my brother. Great to see you. Thanks for hopping on. This is my first live session. I just, you know, I was talking to Bill a couple of weeks ago. I said, how do I do a live session? He said, just hit the button, dork. <laughs> so I did, and here I am. So, yeah, fun stuff, huh? What did I do for work? Mike Nepp wants to know, are you still working or retired? Good question. I was a professional artist for 15 years. I did scroll saw woodworking. I do have some scroll saw art that I will show you guys probably next live stream. Uh, and uh, right now I'm still working. I have five years left. I'm a kind of a, a building maintenance supervisor, which is a fancy name for head grunt. I take care of a local credit union, all of its buildings, the sprinklers, the plowing and shoveling of the snow, the the toilets, the electrical. I do everything nobody else wants to except the computers. So, And for those of you who have shown up late and didn't hear me, tomorrow uh, afternoon, mountain time in, in the United States at one o'clock, I will be on the Myth Vision podcast with Derek Lambert, or that's 3 p.m. Eastern. I don't know if... It's my day off tomorrow. I get paid to take the day off. Thank goodness. That's the advantage of working for a federal credit union. I get the federal holiday off. So so I am going to do that podcast. We're going to talk about uh, Mithraism and Mormonism. So I'd love to see you all there if you can. You need to buy a new home just to store all your books. Yeah, if I had that kind of money, I would, believe me, or else I'd buy more bookshelves. Okay, let's see. Zanny Badani too. Did you get the bibliography? No. What bibliography? Did you try to send me something? See, this is the problem with the setup in Mormon Discussions with Mormon Discussions, Inc. It's kind of a step removed away from my direct email. And I apologize about that. Sometimes things get lost in the shuffle or Bill is a very busy man. He does an outstanding job running this thing. Uh, I will check with him. Uh, on that. Thanks for asking. I, I will check on that, Tim. Uh, Philaster, so I'm not a fan of Professor Price, but I learned from the, when you literalize scripture, you often reverse the intended meaning. Uh, a lot of times you do, Philastus. There are times when literalizing the scripture does work, but to say every word is literal, that's just, that doesn't work. It just doesn't. And and the Bible doesn't demand that. Neither does the Book of Mormon. Believe it or not, neither does the DNC and the Purgate Prize. Oh my gosh, that's a what's the name of the king? In fact, simile number three, you know. Wow. Oh, Ruth, you guys don't have to upvote. You're very kind. 15 up, 16 up. Oh, you guys are way too kind. Knock it off. I'm gonna blush. You don't want to see me blush in public, do you? <laughs> What is a good basic book on Buddhism, Mark asks, that you can recommend to me? I don't know because at this point, 
okay, let me, uh, I mean, I do know, but I put all my books on Buddhism in a box because of my move. I just moved two weeks ago into my new big room for my new library. And I have not got everything unboxed yet. So ask me next week and I'll, I'll look into something. Um, I will tell you a subscription that I have done for the last couple of years is called Lion's Roar. That is an outstanding magazine, Lion's Roar. Fun subscription. Excellent product. Well, hey, Buddhism. Um, Alan Watts. Anything by Alan Watts. Um, his kids, you know, he died quite a while ago. Well, his family is uh, gathering. They, they've done a worldwide call-out for anyone who recorded any of his lectures, right? And so they're gathering all those lectures, and they're putting those together in book form. <laughs> Fantastic. So once a year, you get a, an entire new Alan Watts collection. Uh, the new one this year. Yeah, just so. It's called just so. And they're cheap. They always put them in paperback. I mean, they're not trying to, they make enough money off their, their father's fame, yes, but they're not trying to rip you off. They're just putting together several of his uh, recordings because he had thousands of them. His new book is just so. And the one last year was Out of Your Mind. My favorite Alan Watts books, Out of Your Mind. Fabulous. So for Buddhism, start there. And if you've already read that, I'll dig into my other Buddhist books and and see. I'm active. Well, Angela Cadlick, is that your name? I, I apologize if I miss this stuff is so small. I'm active, but have been questioning everything. Angela, don't worry about classifying yourself as whether active, inactive, Mormon, not Mormon, or whatever. The questioning everything, the basis of that approach is to enlarge yourself. I just have a new video up one hour ago on the mysteries. Uh, go watch that. I, I discussed just that topic. Uh, don't worry so much about cataloging yourself as... I think your approach is right. Questioning everything, not necessarily even with skepticism, but with the intent of improving your learning. That is what I would strongly recommend. Seriously, that that's fantastic. Mwah, kudos to you. I'm serious. That's awesome. Uh, let's see who else who else is here. I am honest. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to get a magnifying glass, you guys. My gosh. Are my eyes this bad? Lord Dale Edward Woolner. Hello, my friend. Do you think the Mormon members should stop giving money? Absolutely. Holy hell, yes. Look, Mormonism don't need your money. They don't. I, let's be serious. When a church becomes a corporation to where they can make in a profit between 8 and $15 billion a quarter, they don't need your money. No. I, I'm just saying. They don't even need you anymore. You know what I mean? 
Do you really think any of their policies is for you anyway? <laughs> I mean, seriously. So, yeah, I, I probably shouldn't be so adamant about that. But yeah, when I discovered uh, we've got statisticians on the message board, on Shade's message board, that does that does a lot of research on, on that uh, particular aspect of Mormonism, on them making the money. And uh, man, when you can make eight to 12 billion a quarter, a quarter, uh, you don't need anybody's money. They're never going to fail. I mean, they're richer than the Catholic Church right now. So I wouldn't worry about them. Anyway, that's, I probably come across that too strongly. But yeah. Send a send it to you, Carrie. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Tim. I, I will double check with Bill Real about that bibliography. I, I'm not quite sure what the holdup is. I'll check. Hey, T.O. Aloha. Welcome. You're going in. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Well, see, in my book, and, and I just started this, you guys. So, and the only reason I'm going to do a book on the it's not it's not about the Mithraic mysteries alone. Um, I'm using that as kind of a an entry point into all the other mysteries. The defect of the Mithraic mysteries is we really seriously, literally have no uh, literary remains at all. It's all art. It's all iconography. It's either a, a stone carving that's six feet high by 12 feet wide or just a few inscriptions and stuff. So we're actually interpreting art, art symbolism when it comes to Mithraism, but the Orphic influence is there. And what I'm going to do in my book, I'm not, and, and this is probably the amateur in me, right? Because I don't know if scholars, I will talk to them as I get rolling on this. I'm just in the very beginning. I've just basically finished the preface. But I'm not going to worry so much about uh, tracing influence, who was there first, who copied from who, etc. The really only good way to understand the Mithras uh, liturgy in the magical papyri, uh, Betts, I use Betts's translation, he's probably the best, the most popular, is the reason I'm going to comparison is because that will help us understand more about the Mithras liturgy. Now, it's not trying to find all of the same idea or ideal either. There really may be contradictions between different mystery traditions. None of that's going to bother me. I'm not looking for the true mystery, right? I, I'm going to more or less approach this as a uh, as a curious bystander, as uh, as an inquisitive little kid that keeps asking his mom, hey, what's that? Or, hey, what does that mean? You know what I mean? So I will explore all, as many, I'll put it that way, of the mysteries as I can. And Orphism is definitely 
one orphism, the Kabiroi, the Islamic angle, the Vedic materials uh, over in India, the Greek materials, of course, the, the Iranian materials. And I know there's a big argument with Kumant. I'm not worried about the influence. Again, I'm going to study and compare and contrast different symbolisms, the different philosophy, the different religious attitude, etc. In antiquity, the Roman materials, basically Mithraism is the Roman material. The early Christian materials, David Feidler, uh, he was the uh, producer of the five-volume Alexandria journal back in the 1990s. Sensational stuff. He wrote his book, Jesus Christ, Son of God, S-U-N, Son of God. He has a new book, 2014, on restoring the soul of the world. I would highly recommend all of his material is is doing what I kind of want to do. He just bringing in all of the, he brings in the Jewish stuff, the Zohar, the Kabbalah, I will be, the alchemy, I'm, the Gnostics, I'm going to be putting it all in. This is going to be a huge undertaking. It's going to be truly ridiculously impossible, but I'm going to do it anyway, because that's what I do. <laughs> I love to research and write. And, and I can keep you guys posted. And, and if I need some proofreaders, you know, maybe a couple of you guys can volunteer. So thanks for asking, T.O. Yes, I will be doing the Orphix. Uh, a big-time YouTuber needs a new home, needs a new house. <laughs> thanks, Mike. That's very nice of you. Would you like to buy me one? I've got a perfect spot. It's in Colorado. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's up in Montana by my daughter. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Calm down. Uh, let's see. Idahoan rebel girl. How are you, fellow Idahoan? I'm here in Idaho. That's all I'm going to tell you. No big deal. Idahoans unite. Yeah, Sam Huff. Hey, man. Sam Huff, how you doing? Yeah, I'm from Idaho. Uh, Cindy Hunter, how you doing? Hold on. Let me scroll this down so I can see more of your guys' comments and questions. Cindy Hunter, yes, always questioned it for the ones learning. Amen, Cindy. Yeah. Amen, sister. Can I get an amen from the crowd? Sing it. Yeah, whatever. My my wife says, you know, if you'd have been just half dishonest, you could have become a hell of a preacher. You could have started a great church. Brethren and sisteren, repent ye, the evil is coming upon you. Man, I hope they aren't really recording this crap. <laughs> People laugh like crazy. Oh, I could have been a, you know, I love my father. He raised me good. My parents gave me a great childhood, but damn it, he raised me to be too honest. I could have been a preacher and been a multimillionaire. Right? I could have used Nibli Sparcio, the Sparcionis, the Roman thing of standing up on the tower and throwing out all the goodies and giving all the goodies to the crowd so that they bowed and genuflected and worshiped you. Yeah, I could have done all that fun noise. And instead, here I am, a punk nobody. Oh, well. Hey, life is fun. If you can't have fun a little, if you can't laugh a little, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, right? Okay, it's time to get serious. <laughs> yeah, right. Good luck with that. You need a bigger computer screen. 
uh, you're right, and I am in the process of upgrading. So thank you. You're right, and I will be doing something about that. Radio Free Mormon. Oh, my goodness. I am unworthy. Welcome, my good brother. How did I get so what? How I got so brilliant, I follow after you, my friend. And good looking, I'm not half as good looking as you are, but I'm working on it. Hey, by the way, I saw your uh, RFM, I saw your your lecture <laughs> down in St. George. That was great, man. You had the crowd laughing like crazy. That was spectacular. I loved it. Hey, can you tell me, uh, does this live, this is my first live stream, does this automatically record? Uh, or do I have to hit a button? I don't know. I just thought I've got a few hours. I'm going to do a live stream, see if anybody shows up. And I mean, my goodness, there was 40 of you a few minutes ago. So thanks for showing up. But if this does, I can talk to you afterward about posting this on the website. But man, this is fun talking to all you guys live. This is spectacular. Looks like the professor's one hell of a bookworm. Yes, I am, Sam. That is correct, my friend. Uh, yeah, looks like everybody's yelling that RFM's in the house. Thank you for visiting and joining us, man. You are always welcome on my feeds. All of you are. Absolutely. Just say I know nothing and go from there to open up all possibilities. <laughs> Tim Rathbone, as usual, you hit the nail right on the head, dude. I've always admired you for your intelligence. I've been admiring you from afar ever since I read your article with, uh, who was that with John Welch and another guy on the, uh, translation of the book of Mormon, man, that was back when, that was back when we were apologists. <laughs> I remember finding that and, uh, reading it and thinking it was so fantastic because it was. Yeah. Those were the good old days. You know, even RFM made mistakes and published in BYU studies. <laughs> of course, and I published for the Farms Review of Books, you know, that great big uh, study with uh, what's his nose, the obnoxious one, Kiwi 57 over on Dan Peterson's uh, blog. I published that big article on the, the Book of Abraham facsimiles with him, letters to uh, James White. Oh, those were fun days. Yeah, read Joseph Campbell. Tim Rathbone, you just got another feather in your cap from me. Salute right on, brother. He's fun. He's not the end-all, be-all, but he's a great stepping stone. Joseph Campbell. Yeah, really, truly. I'm an Exmo. Okay, Sam. Excellent. Good to know. Roger Walsh, the spirit of shamanism. Ooh, now I don't have that one. I will look into that. Trevor Luke. Oh my goodness, I am unworthy. Welcome. This is my first live stream, so I thought, you know, Sunday night, nothing to do. Hey, I've been watching some of your music videos. <laughs> Holy cow, dude, that synthesizer is really crazy, man. That's pretty fun. All right, let's see who else is here. Gosh dang, so many good people to talk to. I love this. Cindy Hunter, have I said hi to you yet? Hiya, Professor. Amen. Cindy Hunter, welcome. You're all welcome. Every dang one of you, man. What great article, Trevor, by Nibley. The Sparcio, the Sparcionis. Yeah, yeah. That Look, 
Um, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again live. Why not? If you can, I, I know sometimes as ex-Mormons or nomos, we kind of, you know, we kind of backhand the the former Mormons that we used to love to read. Don't quit reading Nibley. Uh, the shtick is you got to find a way to uh, set aside his pro-Mormon apologetic materials in his books. <laughs> Easy to say, right? I, seriously, it is. But seriously, one of his best books is The Ancient State. That was when he was doing classical scholarship, and it was exceptionally well done. I am so not kidding. That is a great book. Yeah, it's got some, you know, some of his end articles are a little bit weak. His uh, three shrines, sophic, mantic, and sophistic, and paths that stray, those need some extra work on. But And believe it or not, his message of the Joseph Smith Papri is an excellent text for getting the uh, the connection of the Egyptian mythology materials. Uh, ignore his crap on the papyri. He blew that. But I'm telling you what, his research on the Egyptian stuff is really decent. And then his book, One Eternal Round. I mean, I still read Nibley. Just not his stuff on the Book of Mormon and that. Uh, that doesn't do a lot for me anymore, but there's still some good in him is all I'm saying. So, all right. Okay. Let's see. Patty cake. Lord. Do you think? All right. Let's see. Oh, you guys are talking among yourselves. Good. I don't want you to just keep listening to me. Blab on and on. Holy shish kebab. Boise is next to Kolob. Salt Lake City is way the heck out there, way past Kolob. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, lectures on faith and the idea that Joseph Smith taught something more like the Trinity at the beginning of the LDS church. Uh, uh, good question, James. I, you know... I have not studied the lectures on faith like I should have. I, I mean, I've read them and I've read Millet and those guys and Monty Nyman. And, you know, that was way back when in the 1980s when I was an apologist and I wasn't overly impressed with them back then. Trinity, though, I, you know, I, I've seen the argument. I, I don't know. I'll just say that 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 could be one area. Uh, that I need to improve on. And uh, one sure way is to say, I'm going to do a video on it. Then that'll force me to get off my lazy butt because I am a lazy learner. And so get off my lazy butt and learn that subject, right? Here's to lazy learners, lazy learners of the world. Unite! Oh, Sorry for the pause and the break, but man, that felt good. Diet Coke, it'll keep you awake late at night, Sundays. Yeah, baby. That's what I'm talking Yeah, baby. Man, you guys are going to get to know things about me live that you'll wish to heck you never did. I apologize in advance. Dan Vogel, very nice to see you here, my friend. Welcome. Gosh, I'm getting all you good ones. All, all 
39 of you here, man. This is fantastic. The five stages of the hero's journey, Tim Rathbone says. Very important stuff there. I like Tapir Dan, the illustrations. <laughs> yeah. I, I, come on, you guys have got to admit, uh, Dan Peterson has given cartoonists grist for the mill like nobody else, <laughs> right? I'm going to confess in some ways I feel sorry for him, but you know what? He can handle it. I think he brings it on himself in some respects. And so it's all fun and games on this side of the veil anyway, right? That That's just how it works. So, all right. Uh, you are not a lazy. Oh, thank you, Mark. That's very nice of you. How dare you disagree with me? I will lazily disagree with you. <laughs> no, I, I actually have a philosophy that I incorporated. I, I'm not kidding. When I was 12, when I turned, it was interesting because when I became a deacon uh, in the Aaronic priesthood, uh, I, it's like it changed my attitude. I thought, okay, well, now that I've got the priesthood, I've got to uh, begin to magnify it. And the way I did that, for whatever reason, I'll bet it was a talk with my brother and my dad and my mom. I can't remember, but I was always encouraged to read. And I have spent my whole life reading. And so I have always loved to read. Unfortunately, the majority of it was Mormon apologetics. Here's the cool thing, though. Seriously. Um, in the process of uh, studying all the apologetic stuff, when I began to study the biblical scholarship, uh, you know, the Anchor Bible. That that was a big shift for me, man. The the Anchor Bible, man, that was huge because I mean, uh, Joseph Fitzmaier and P. Kyle McCarter Jr. and some of the some of the great biblical scholars in their writings. Uh, McCann and Albright wrote that, uh, and you know what? Their commentary on Matthew wasn't nearly as good as Fitzmaier's was on Luke. <laughs> Right. So, but you're reading that stuff. And I, I remember asking around saying, Hey, how, what the heck? How come we don't analyze the Greek and the Hebrew like these guys are doing? I mean, wow, they're bringing out stuff that, and what, what got me actually thinking now was when their analysis of the Hebrew and the Greek began to contradict what the Mormonizing scholar apologists were giving us in the New Testament meaning. And so like a dipwad, I started bringing it up in Sunday school. <laughs> well, that'll get you backhanded. Don't say stuff like that. You're supposed to follow the manual, you know. And I said, look, I'm not the moron that asked me to teach this lesson. You're going to ask me to teach the lesson. I'm going to share what the hell I know. Lump it. And so, of course, they <laughs> dismissed me. That's how to get out of a teaching assignment. Agree and then teach them the truth. <laughs> yeah, baby. You heard it here first. Live. Backyard professors for real. All right. Okay, let's see. Dan Vogel is on. Mark Crispin, Angela, 
T.O. Backyard, Algis Sufi's philosophy as a right of rebirth, Sufism, and ancient wisdom, philosophy, and theurgy are good texts for your mysteries books. Wow, T.O. Thank you. Algis Uzdevini's philosophy. Yeah, that sounds excellent. I, I will look into that. I will. That That's outstanding. Thanks for the reference. I appreciate that. Stephen Swigart, welcome. Glad you're here. Have you checked out about East? Uh, I have a little, but not as much as I need to yet. And that is definitely on my agenda. Uh, that, that's kind of the problem of being Mormon, isn't it? All this time, we think we've got the, the total truth. And when you really find out what we have is just the Western view and not even the right part of the Western view, it's a pretty humbling situation to realize how much many more mountains of books and learning you have to go with. And the Eastern Orthodoxy or the Eastern Heterodox, just the Eastern stuff, is going to keep me busy for quite a while. But yeah, I, I will. I will check out the Eastern materials, definitely. Yeah, Tim, are you reading uh, What's-His-Nose? I have that right here. Tim Rathbone, in Quest of the Hero, Lord Raglan, you're starting to sound like you're you're listing the five points, the call to adventure, the awakening, the period of discipline. Is that from uh, Joseph Campbell or from this Inquest of the Hero? This is a mythos book. It's somewhat controversial, actually. It's quite a fun book, though. It's fun that I have it right here. I've, I've got my books just piled all around me here, and then I've got all my books behind me, so I can pull out any book I want pretty quick. Please tell me, were there coulombs on the Jaredite barges? Patty cake, of course, there were cumums. That's what they made their hamburger out of and had for dinner. <laughs> oh, Yeah, the hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, that's, that's fun reading. It really is. Yeah, I agree with Ruth Smart, Dan Vogel. Thank you for all your scholarship. That, that's good stuff. Um, Always enjoy reading you and Radio Free Mormon. If you're still hanging out around here, uh, thank you for all your hard work. I know you're starting to do some traveling and you're doing some lecturing, which is great. Uh, <laughs> your Mormonism live is the best cotton picking thing this side of the universe. Don't tell anyone I said that though. Uh, but yeah, I love all you guys. Uh, Trevor Luke. I'm looking so forward to the uh, lecture at the Western Esoteric Group. That'll be fun, too. Corvette Channel. I've learned more about the LDS Church from outside sources than attending. Yeah. Welcome to my live stream, Corvette Channel. Yeah. I, you know what? I have, too. Uh, it's kind of odd, isn't it? I, I mean, when you really stop and think about that, that's not how it, sh it should work. We should... We should we should be encouraged. We should be being overstuffed by the church with information about the church. But hey, Radio Free Mormon said it best in his most recent lecture down there in uh, St. George, just the day before my birthday on the 11th of this month. Uh, if you guys get a chance, go to that YouTube and, and watch that lecture. Oh, he has the audience's stitches. He is funnier than hell. And he also gives you some fantastic information. But uh, 
what was I lying about? Oh, yeah, he said, you know, in Joseph Smith's day, at one point, well, I mean, within my within my childhood, right, the church knew everything. They absolutely knew everything. And today, they know nothing. And they don't claim to know anything either. Well, now, that's pretty... <laughs> You know, you gotta say, wait, <laughs> really? That's the direction you've gone? That seems to me like you're falling backwards, right? Oh, all right. What else are you guys talking about here? I've talked myself stupid silly and you're bored with me. I can't blame you. Through the hole at the top. I don't know what you're talking about. Quote me, baby. I can't, RFM. I don't have that good of a mind like you do. Although I can talk about you a lot. Yeah, baby. All righty. All right. God, professors, Jesus Christ. Oh, Mark, quit. You're way, you're way too kind. Besides, RFM can't be God and I can't be Jesus Christ because we are one. <laughs> as per RFM chapter 17, that's similar to John 17. Or no, that would have been my prayer, huh? I would have prayed that make them become one like we are one, oh great RFM, so that they can become one with me and I with them and me with you and you with me and you with them and them with you and you, me and them all together. All Yeah, John 17, RFM 17. We've done it, dude. All right. Now I'm just being a dork. Of course, and what did you expect, right? You wanted scholarship on live? I'll have to prepare something. My next time I'll be much more serious, I think. Other sheep, welcome, brother. Good to see you here too. Yeah. Oh, man. RFM says it's time for him to make a sacrifice. You going to go make a bologna sandwich? <laughs> Ooh, hey, fish stick sandwich, RFM. Fish stick sandwich. Even Dan Vogel would agree with me, right? Tim Rathbone, fish stick sandwich, okay with you? The, the, that's great stuff right there. Yes, I know the ribeye steak is better, but I'm not that rich yet. I've got to save up my money for a month, but I can buy fish sticks. So, all right. Tim Rathbone, we are one. Yes, other sheep, we are. All right. Hey, this is fun. It's fun to read you guys' chat. 38 of us and 34 likes. Thank you. You guys are far too kind. I don't deserve that many likes, but I'll take them. Yeah, baby. This is fun. Okay, so let's see. How long have I been BSing here? Yes, fish sticks. See, I told Tim Rathbone, I told you you were cool. I, did I not say that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. The man agrees with fish sticks. What time is it, you guys? I, I I did not make any provision for length of time. But, well, it's 8 o'clock. That's all right. I'm good for another little while if you guys are. Oh, here it is. It says I've been on for an hour and two minutes. You guys have been listening to me chatter away and talking to each other for an hour and three minutes. What a glorious way to spend a Sunday night with all of my dear friends on the Internet here live in the chat. I, this just rocks, right? I am uh, going to be upgrading my uh, electronics 
I'm going to be upgrading so that I can do it. I need a bigger program uh, because my videos are getting so involved. I'm trying to, you know, pick up my game a little bit. And I am going to start doing uh, more and more interviews with various scholars. I'm getting to know some people. And again, for those of you who came late, if you haven't heard, I apologize. I don't mean to make a big deal about this, but to me, it's a big deal. Tomorrow afternoon at one o'clock Mountain Standard Time in the United States or three o'clock Eastern Time, I am going to be on Myth Visions podcast and we're going to be talking about Mithraism and Mormonism. Just so you know, Derek Lambert has taken a liking to me. I'm very grateful he has. The kid is just brilliant. He knows absolutely everybody, but the day is coming where I will too. And I'm going to start doing more and more interviews. And uh, I have some really good people, some who are here right now in chat, who I will be live interviewing here in a while, probably sometime in February is the plan. So things are starting to pick up. It's a lot of fun. And I, I am so glad for, thank you again, Bill Real and Radio Free Mormon for kind of letting me come into this orbit with you guys. It has been a ball. It's just, it's, it's so much fun getting together with all you guys and getting to know you and, and learn from you and share ideas with you. I mean, you guys are the best. I'm not just saying that. What, you think I just talk to talk? <laughs> Actually, that's probably a, that's a pretty good thing to do, right? Talk to talk. Is there going to be a test on this? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we'll put a test together tomorrow when you call me, RFM. But don't call me at one o'clock because I'm going to be busy. Oh. Yeah, my time, it'll be one o'clock my time, Tim. Tomorrow, if, if you're not working, if you can, come on over and watch it. I'm coming for you this Saturday, or <laughs> Okay, good job, good job. Much love. Oh, thank you, Mark. That's very kind of you. I, I'm serious. Uh, much love back to you, man. Is it that late? Yeah. Patty cake. I should be reading my scriptures. Okay, do I have to break out my scriptures and start reading them to you? Okay, where the... Where the heck did the bug of... Oh, I'm sorry. My bug of is way over there, Patty cake. I can't find it. Hold on. Let me see if I can find some scriptures. Let's see. I've got Herodotus. Does that count? Hey, I've got Yeats. Mythologies. That's as close to scriptures you're ever going to get. I am actually going to do some videos uh, of Yeats. He has some absolutely excellent Irish mythology in here. This, I, this is really a good book. Anyway, just so you know. All right. T.S. Eliot isn't nearly as interesting, but he's fun. Okay. <laughs> Cindy, yeah, yeah, it is too late. All right. What are your thoughts on the constant policy changes? Uh, okay, Corvette Channel just asked a good question. What are your thoughts on the constant policy changes? This demonstrates fundamentally, without any question, that the brethren are getting daily revelation. They are in tune 
when the Lord speaks, they speak. And then if he changes his mind, they change their mind because he has coffee and donuts or hot chocolate and donuts in Salt Lake with them. And he says, you know what, guys, I've been thinking about that. And all of Israel is really pissed off at me right now. So I'm going to change the policy and you guys just lay it on my shoulders. That's what I think of the policy changes. Pure bullshit. Am I allowed to say that live? <laughs> uh, nah, it's... Look, if you're asking the skeptic, I it it's a gimmick. It really is. It's it's just it's too bad too because those policies have been so blasted divisive and they've just taken the church in the wrong direction as far as I'm concerned. So Oh, uh do you have a link? Who are you asking for a link, Tim? RFM? Or are you asking me about myth vision? Just just look up myth vision and it'll take you right to it. If you're asking about RFM stuff, then he'll know better than I will. How long were you in the Mormon church? Good question, Angela. Uh, technically, I'm still Mormon. I, I haven't taken my name off and they haven't kicked me out yet. Don't tell them they haven't yet. They'll come hunting me down. Of course, and I'm not half as evil as Radio Free Mormon, and he's getting away with all kinds of stuff that I never could. So <laughs> active, I would say, what, 40, 40, 40 to 45 years, something to that effect. So <laughs> little Bo Peep, other sheep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Stephen Swigert, you're very welcome. I, I enjoy sharing the content. I, I really do. And I will continue to do so as far as that goes. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's the unfolding restoration, no doubt, Targar. But yeah, I mean, that's the, that's the philosophy. That's the philosophical basis of the idea of continuing revelation. I get that. Um. It just doesn't work for me. And I'll be honest with you, uh, Radio Free Mormon and Bill Reel have a Mormonism Live on that, or else or else, Radio Free Mormon has a podcast on it. See, I'm getting older. I can't remember exactly. So, But but their, their discussion on that is probably the most complete and best you could go to. And, and that's what kicked it in the pants for me is the, uh, the continual ridiculous policy changes over such trivial silliness and such antisocial bias, racist uh, approach really didn't do a lot for me. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to disparage them. I'm, I'm just saying, surely Jesus has better things to do and better ways to show love to his own kids than the stupid crap he's telling Salt Lake City to say that he's been saying. It's, it's hard to grasp that that's coming from Jesus. In other words, I think they may be BSing us a little bit, which means Jesus should start getting really mad if he's listening at all, in my humble opinion. Oh, T.O., a vote for more book reviews. You like hearing what you're reading. Okay, yeah. 
I, I'm actually, it's kind of starting to be the, uh, I think it's the systematic way I'm approaching uh, my videos right now is, is sharing some of the books that I've been reading and what kind of the new uh, information I've been finding and how it relates to other things that I hear from other people on YouTube or in other texts uh, that others have been reading. So yes, I, I will keep doing that. I will keep, thank you for letting me know that you appreciate it. I will keep sharing more information from the books I read. The thing I love about it, and this is probably way too hedonistic on my part, but well, like you guys have been doing in the chat, it allows my audience to also share with me books that I might not be aware of. And I really like that. And and so, yeah, the, the book review stuff, I'll, I will definitely keep doing that. Fundamentally so. That's that's actually going to become a... I suppose I could do that on, on Backyard Professor Live, huh? Maybe I need to come up with some kind of real fancy introduction with whistles that bail bells and me coming out in a tutu doing a whirly whop dance or whatever with the somersault and then uh, do a Mormonism live book review. Hey, that might be fun. No, I'm not going to dance in a tutu. It's not happening. Oh, okay. Oh, my podcast tomorrow, where Tim Rathbone, it's, it's uh, Derek Lambert's myth vision, M Y T H. V-I-S-I-O-N, Myth Vision. You can't miss him. He's very popular. Uh, just Google Myth Vision and it'll come right up. Um, yeah. <laughs> Patty Cake, you cracked me up, girl. Whether by my voice or the voice of my servants, it's all subject to change. Yeah. <laughs> That's more true than we know, right? Oh, criminy. What's wadded up? Yeah, right. Randy Smith. Good to see you, my brother. 65 years active. Only figured it out two years ago. Really enjoy your podcast. Thank you. Well, thank you, Randy. Um, yeah. It, it's, it's sometimes hard, right? I, I mean, I put 44 years in it. The last 15 or so uh, was as an apologist. And so I was really... I was teeth sunk in deep, you know, a lot like Radio Free Mormon. I didn't get published as much as he did, but I did as much reading and research as he did. And uh, yeah, it, sometimes that's hard. And sometimes the psychology is such that you look back and you go, man, I could have I legitimately had a PhD in a valid subject, instead of being a stupid apologist, if I would have gone back to college or whatever, you can look at it that way, but try not to, because really seriously, at the end of the day, really, uh, it it is about experience. And really, you know, we, we've gotten to know people and, you know, we've been friends or we've, we've gotten along well with family members. Sometimes you don't. But everyone's experience is going to be the same. And so it's hard to say, don't be angry, but don't. Because, hey, we're still alive. And the cool thing is, you got it. You figured something out. E even though you're 65, it doesn't matter what age, there are some people who never do get it, right? <laughs> 
So, yeah, I'm a latecomer to the party also, but, hey, we're here. And so that that's what matters. That's what counts. So, and, yeah, I try to do my podcasts and uh, with the intent of, of giving uh, people what, helping them have a hope that that it's not all over, that there, there is a reason to keep going. Yeah, it can be depressing. I'm, I've been there. I've been through that anger phase. I've been through the, the depressed stage where I am screaming and crying and yelling and shouting and swearing at the heavens. I've been there too. But in the long run, we're, you know, like him or hate him, it doesn't matter. Joseph Smith got this one right when he said, look, it's all going to be for your experience and be for your good. I have trouble disagreeing with that. So, so good. Good on you. You figured it out. Doesn't matter how old you are. So that's what I'm trying to say. Very nice. Very nice. Do not be discouraged, Randy. There's no reason to be. Here you are, and we're all here with you, man. Tithing, what are your thoughts of the LDS church uh, stating pay them or you are not a tithe payer? Then I damn sure am not a tithe payer because I ain't giving them space. Bet. Look, just like I said earlier, I don't know if you were here or not, when a corporation can produce 6 to $12 billion a quarter through investments only, then they don't need your money or mine, and they ain't getting mine. Not happening. Hell no. No. And I don't give a damn what label they give me. You can call me anything you want, cowboys. I'm not giving you my money, right? So you can quit worrying about, well, what are they going to labor you? What are they going to call you? They have all kinds of uh, very interesting uh, psychological ways of producing guilt. You know, they use all these key words, right? The uh, apostate, evil. They also have other key words that they'll praise you lavishly and make you feel like you are already Elohim, you know. Oh, you're so faithful and righteous, and you have followed the covenant path so well. You know, this covenant path, and, you know. Oh, you're honoring your priesthood, and all that kind of horseshit. It's cheap pop psychology. But if you want to play their game and get their praise, yeah, sure, go ahead and give me your money. Don't tell me I have to, though. Not happening. Uh-uh. Not here. Nope. I have books to buy. And they are much more important because I can share real knowledge with my real friends, you, my audience, all of you wonderful people out there in the world. That's where my money's going to go. I want to buy good books like back here that actually have real knowledge that I can share with you so that maybe I can catch up with Trevor Luke and Dan Vogel and RFM and some of you real knowledgeable Tim Rathbone people and so that I can be worthy to be in your presence because there's a lot of great knowledge out there that is actually fun to know. That's where my money's going. Yeah. Boy, talk about getting preachy, right? Oh, man, I've been going an hour and 20 minutes, you guys. Holy sheesh, Bob. In your view, is there anything the church can do to make Sunday school more interesting? When I was attending, it seemed like most folks were bored out of their minds. Tugar, that's a great question. Uh, 
the trick is if you try to, sometimes you can get in trouble. I mean, if you are, if you are in a position to where you want to keep going to church or you still are a Mormon, or if you're in a position to where you're not, but you have to keep going or I, you know, I would just sit through Sunday school and not worry about making it more interesting and better. There's plenty of programs coming on on YouTube that far outshine anything Mormon Sunday school or sacred meeting will ever give you. Just come on to YouTube. Endure, if you have to go there, endure the pain for 40 minutes there and then come and get on YouTube and enjoy the real good stuff. That, that would be my... There's no reason to try to shake them up. Uh, because it's a top down, right? They they own you, they own the program, they own the correlation. Uh, they don't give a booger out of your nose care about whether you're bored or not. They'll blame you, and so I I wouldn't worry about roughing up feathers. I would just get onto YouTube and do your real learning there. Otherwise, you're just gonna get yelled at or embarrass yourself or they'll be embarrassed for you or whatever. You'll lose friends or whatever. If you're in a position to where you have to uh, associate with them and all that, uh, my suggestion is just be nice. Yeah. Probably not the most satisfactory answer, but that's what I would do. I'm not in that position now. So I am, I am free. Jesus Christ had it right. You'll know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I am free to share actual knowledge now. I am free to buy these wonderful books and share all this wonderful knowledge and all. And I would not trade this for Mormon church attendance ever again, as far as I'm concerned. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to get preachy, man. Yeah, other sheep, apologetics is tough. Betrayed, yeah, well, you know. Again, it's for our own experience. Don't feel too sorry for us because we've come out stronger. Anything that won't kill you makes you stronger. And it didn't kill RFM. And look how fabulous he is. Look at how Dan Vogel rip roars through things and gives us real good, valid, powerful history. So don't feel too bad for us because we're, we are, I like to see it as a spiraling upward together, right? And, and so there's, yeah, there's hard times. I mean, you always hit a chuck hole in the road or whatever, but that's to be expected. Overall, my life is vastly better and I'm much happier and I'm getting to meet. I actually, the cool thing is I actually get to make real friends now. You know what I mean? I, I, I get to make real friends. You guys, people on the street. I have people on the street now probably three or four times a week coming up saying, you're the backyard professor, aren't you? Oh, I love your podcast. Thank you, ma'am. And that's cool. That's fun. That's fun to see. It's fun to see people appreciating what we're all learning together, right? Yeah. Sometimes all you can do is indulge in loud laughter. (laughs) Yeah, baby. RFM's laugh is the best one, though. I can't imitate him, but man, what a laugh. That guy just does me so much good. Why do I feel guilty listening to these podcasts? I have as much fun and learn so much. It's extremely confusing. Angela Cadlick, I truly don't know. Um, My opinion is 
for what it's worth, probably not much, but um, guilt is a, a human emotion. I think the psychologists would label it as one of the uh, lesser desirable kinds of emotions, you know? So, uh, you know, don't, don't dwell on the guilt too much. Don't, <laughs> don't let it make you lose sleep or nothing. Uh, I just no longer believe in guilt. See, again, that goes back to what I was saying earlier, where uh, if they if they constantly make you focus on confessing your sins and absolving your sins and, oh, you have to come back weak. Oh, you had a sex sin? You touched your little factory? Oh, my gosh, this is going to take six months of weekly interviews. You know, stuff like that. They keep the guilt poured on you. Well, that's sometimes hard to let go of if you've been in that your whole life. So I just, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, let go of the guilt and come and have fun with us all because I'm going to do more of this. I really am. So, wow. 44 likes. You guys are way too kind. 43 of you here. Thank you for, thank you for coming to my first live podcast. Uh, it is an hour and a half though. And right now my software is not going to be able to handle much more than an hour and a half. I am upgrading this week though, but yeah, I use shortcut and I would really like to post this even though I look horrendous tonight and you guys have been an absolute ball. Uh, so I'm going to here in just a couple of minutes, it's an hour, 24 minutes. I'm going to call it good. And I'm going to have to shut this down. I apologize. I, I, I could do this all day long. Hey, maybe I'll, uh, maybe after my podcast uh, with Derek at Myth Vision tomorrow, maybe I'll come on and do another live session uh, just for kicks and giggles. Oh, thank you, Mark Crispin. You're very kind. You're uh, you too, Corvette Channel. <laughs> Radio Free Mormon, you are one of a kind. Mwah. Brother, yeah. <laughs> you're awesome. Oh, not made up knowledge, Joshua Kelly. Hey, good to see you, Josh. Thanks for showing up. Sam Huff paying tithing is like a Celestial Kingdom lottery ticket. No, it's not. It's like an earthly ripoff ticket. Paying tithing had nothing to do with getting to the Celestial Kingdom. God made gold. He doesn't need your money. That's all a con artist bullshit process. <laughs> you know. 10 years ago, <laughs> if you'd have told me I'd say that about tithing, I'd laugh my head off at you. Here I am. Yeah, I, I, I think it's all a con job. But that's just me, you know. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about things before. No, true story. Anyway, okay, question though. The Joshua Kelly church claims to have restored the original church. However, I find that confusing because I only see the Roman Catholic Church as the original church. I don't even see the Roman Catholic Church as the original church because the actual scholarship without the church-built bias reading back onto the New Testament has shown that Jesus never intended to come and start a church anyway. Matthew 16, 16 through 19 is way late in the manuscripts. And there are some biblical scholars who would propose that it is a forgery, right? So the idea of thou art Peter and upon this church I will build my, upon this rock I will build my church and all that, 
that that isn't in the early manuscript. So the whole principle of a church is written into the manuscripts from the three and four hundred ADs after Constantine legalized Christianity. So that three hundred year gap, there was no talk about Jesus in this church. There was a lot of comparison between Jesus and the pagan mysteries and stuff. But uh, I think that's a modern concept. So just just my opinion. I, I There was no original church. Home teaching, meeting with people you most probably would never pick as friends or stay as friends either, right? You do it because you're supposed to. It's an assignment, not a not a delight. That's part of the problem with Mormonism too. And uh, appreciate your work. Thank you. Well, thank you, Corvette Channel. It's very kind. Okay, you guys. But from what that's what I thought. So I uh, I I really I I maybe end up calling you RFM to ask you how to post this. I have no idea where to find the file or anything. But but I think I really do need to, I think I need to close out. I hate to, I truly do. I'd love to do this some more, but there will be more live podcasts. I promise maybe I'll make it a, a regular feature. Maybe I can somehow get in with someone else and start doing live streams. Maybe I can alternate a Backyard Professor Live with Bill Real and RFM, or maybe one of you guys. Maybe I can talk Dan Vogel into doing something with me or or uh, Tim Rathbone, or or uh, any of you. Um, it might be kind of fun. I mean, we're here for adventure, right? We're here for adventure, fun, and learning because we love to be lazy learners. We don't want to surpass Russell Nelson, right? So anyway, I am going to sign off now. Thank you so much for showing up. It's been great to see you and chat with you. I hope I didn't make anybody mad. I, that's not my intention at all. I hope I didn't disappoint anyone. If I did, come back and slap me later. But it looks like for my first time, I had 43 people and 45 likes. That's 47 more likes than I expected. So thank you for all your kindnesses. That was very nice. Um, but I am going to go now. So, yes, and I will, I will set it up so that I can take some calls. I'm not quite sure how to do that yet, but that would be fun to do also. And, and I'm going to try to do that. So, okay, you guys, other sheep, thanks for showing up. All of you guys, thank, thank you, every one of you. I will be back, and you will be back. Just remember, Schwarzenegger said, I'll be back. And Johann Sebastian retorted, no, I'll be back. Yeah, just stop it just stop it. All right. I love all you guys. I will see you next time. I am signing out of here. Hasta la vista, baby. Lots of fun. Love you guys. This has been a blast. I don't even know how to stop this. Oh, wait. End stream right there. See you guys later. <laughs>